Hello everyone, this is Larry Biancoli, and welcome to today's CCSI Got Tech podcast series number 14, New York State DFS, where do we go from here? So with me today, I am uh, extremely excited to have Matt Pascucci, CCSI's senior program manager for cybersecurity, and Matt is also a, an area expert in this space of uh, DFS. So Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me. Really what we want to do today is we want to take a look at um, what we've seen from a, really from a provider standpoint. So New York State DFS really came out roughly a little over two years ago and there's been a, a series of events that has transpired uh, that's affected many businesses within the financial um, uh, realm. So um, we're here, we'll talk about what we've seen and what really what uh, you know, folks need to be aware of, right? So, so Matt, welcome to today's uh, session and happy to have you here today. So I guess let's take a step back for a sec, just for the folks who are listening for the first time, just coming up to speed on what uh, the whole thing of New York State DFS means, right? So let's take a step back and just put some definition to that, right? So just in uh, uh, 50 words or less, New York State DFS, what does that mean? So New York State DFS, the regulation that they released was kind of guided towards finance and um, insurance companies or anyone that really dealt with um, the data that was protected within it there. Um, some of the things that we saw was um, a roadmap or transitional phases that uh, the state determined that companies holding this type of data had to adhere to over a, over a two-year time frame. That's essentially what it was. Right. Gotcha. And so the journey's been for two years now, right? And so, you know, for, for folks that are affected by it, right, they do a stop check and where do they go next is, is really the question here, right? So yeah. when we take a look back, right, so if we can say what the regulation was defined as versus what um, end users uh, needed to do and to understand and really your experience from doing a lot of this here in this area, uh, what would you say would be the, the biggest takeaway that uh, we've noticed from from being a provider of that? Okay, a few of the takeaways. So one of them was a lot of the guys in, that we were speaking with, uh, the organizations that we were speaking with, um, they they were very unsure of what some of the the data meant with inside it. So some of the legal language. So we, we initially went back and we had a few lawyers involved at the same time just trying to get a better understanding of you know, what was meant by certain things with inside the regulation because end of the day, you know, everyone's doing this so they can secure themselves, but they also have to reach compliance at the same time. Um, one of the big things that we saw, I would say most of all based off of, you know, a lot of us working with the small, medium-sized businesses is that the exemptions really came into play heavily here on who was to do what, you know, depending on how much revenue or how many users or, or what that current organization had, you know, what were they at you know, had to adhere to based off of these standards. You know, we, we, we noticed a lot of our, our larger banks that we work with, they already had this kind of already buttoned up, right? There was a few things they had to change. A lot of it had to do with logging and keeping logs longer than maybe they were expecting to. Um, but they kind of had these things done and covered through other regulations or like um, cobbling the other ones done. So these kind of fell in place. Um, there was some work to do, you know, saying logging and maybe tightening up incident response type of things a little bit in, in more detail and policy and procedure, but you know the big stuff was a lot of times there already. 
Um, maybe there was a few things we saw with just like data discovery of understanding where you know certain data was and encrypting certain data. But you know, umbrella-wise, they were kind of covered. Um, going back now towards other organizations that might not have anything to do with that, but were kind of almost clients to them, um, or were holding this data for them and had a much smaller security um, budget, or if budget at all, is they always came back down then towards the exemptions. Who is exempt and why am I exempt? Um, and there was a big misunderstanding that we saw from, from more of these small, medium-sized businesses that they read the regulation and they went through exemptions and then they saw, okay, I'm exempt. Um, and then they stopped where really was you were exempt from certain articles of the regulation, not just the whole entire regulation. So there was a lot of advisory on that and working with um, some of the smaller medium-sized organizations. And what we normally see is every time we have to go or every time that these organizations have to go file for um, that they've completed everything um, in February is when our website would light up with these exact same questions. And it was always exemption. So you know we, we went out there and we made videos and YouTube articles and um, just to uh, educate that just because you might be considered exempt from it doesn't mean you're exempt from everything. And that was a big one. That was a really big one for us to see. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's spot on with that, right? Just my own conversations, a meeting as recent as yesterday with a, uh, a customer in the, uh, in the healthcare part of this whole piece um, still had confusion on. And, and it wasn't necessarily on him being exempt or not, but it was on the penalty piece, right? He seemed to think that, um, you know, the state itself would never really come out and enforce that, right? And so, you know, again, how true is that? What have we seen? What are we hearing? Yeah, that's that's completely untrue. We, we've worked with multiple banks. Um, and what, I, what, I, what I'm seeing and what we're all seeing here is the larger institutes seem to be getting um, audited first because they're coming in on the coattails of other auditors and they're kind of just coming in there um, like as the Fed comes in to audit some of the larger groups, they're also just tacking on this audit on the side. So definitely n nothing to just pretend at. Um, this is something that we, we definitely have been seeing. We've currently seen it from a lot of the larger organizations just to validate because um, you know there are fines involved and there are these things there. So they already have their stuff in place. So it almost feels like you know they're used to being audited and the state knows who they have to go to. So it's much easier for them to get in line and kind of almost test the waters with how they're doing this. Um, but is they, we have definitely seen and spoke with with clients who are being audited based off of this. So um, yeah, that's not, that is not particularly uh, a truthful statement if afterwards, if they're saying they don't feel like they're gonna get audited, I just think it's gonna take a little bit longer for the state now to go find, to find everybody to audit and to, to do these spot checks. It's gonna take some time because at the same time they have to ramp up you know, resources to go out there and cover all these places and find them um, and, and go out and travel and do that kind of stuff. So it's much, it's much easier if you're already going there anyway as a state agency to audit them to tack on an audit. But it doesn't mean that sooner or later you're not going to get hit with, you know, an assessment or a question or anything like that. Um, but one, one of the other things, too, that we see is that not all financial institutes are having this issue. You know, this is primarily for chartered banks in New York. So if you're outside of that, um, you're pretty much not covered. 
by this one particularly. Um, you do have to work with you know other agencies that are covered. Um, we also have seen, based off of this, we've seen kind of like a blast radius of who's affected by having legal firms now who don't hold the, the financial data but have access to um, these particular companies. And, and one of the things that we saw um, in year two with the third-party service providers is like who has access to your organizations. Uh, a lot of these end up being legal firms or third-party SaaS software that has potential access to maybe possible some of this data. So we've seen that these regulations have now kind of rolled down inadvertently into other sectors based off of that last one, that last third-party service provider um, analysis, right? So um, they're now saying, hey, you, you work with us, you deal with us the way that we deal with uh, the NYDFS. So I think that's been probably one of the bigger changes too is having, having especially legals, what we've personally seen, um, legal firms and even sometimes healthcare, we've seen that a little bit, but mostly legal, where they now have to start adhering to you know, more security because that whole entire sector is based off, you know, we do security based off what our clients tell us. And you know, now their clients are a lot of big financials or just other financials and they're, they're being audited about their third party, which means they get audited and it's kind of working its way down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's been an interesting one for sure. You know, I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, really even since the beginning of, of New York State DFS uh, two years ago, the start of it, I think before it started, or as soon as it started, it was probably yeah. woefully out of date, right? Um, you know, even, you know, as it first started. But uh, I guess it's better to have this in place, um, you know, than not, right? For, for obvious reasons. But um, New York State will definitely lead because I think it's, whatever, you know, for, for where we are or maybe we're not, you know, from a compliance standpoint, it's still a better place than many other states probably are when it comes to protecting, you know, their data and their mm. organizations, right? Yeah. So... What about, let's take a step back for a second, just go back to, um, you know, who, you know, when we talk about exemptions, right, you know, um, who really are those companies that we could say are exempt, right? Like organizations, I know one off the top of my head would be an organization with less than 10 employees, right, and it, or independent contractors would be considered uh, exempt in that case, right? And I think we've also heard and being a provider, we've seen ourselves at small business and medium shared companies rely on a third party service providers to help meet some of their requirements, right? And so that's also been leveraged to help them deal with it, right? But when, you know, talking to a customer and they think they're exempt, what's the filter we can put on it that says, you know, they are or they're not, you know, we don't have to go through every one because I know there's yeah. multiples, but... So uh, in order to be considered a covered entity, you have to have you know, you have to be touching this particular data, you know, the SPI data um, that, that the regulation kind of calls out. But um, in doing so, you can get exemptions if you have fewer than 10 employees, um, you make less than, you know, 5 million in gross annual revenue, or if you have, you know, less than 10 million in total assets. Um, these, these are exemptions from particular areas of the regulation. Um, you get more and more involved afterwards, you know, um, regarding how you know insurance law works and stuff like that and and those are the ones where we really had to get um, legal involved with you know once you start getting into insurance law where it's, it's a little bit more less um, um, qualitative of you know 
do you have more than 10 people? Yes or no? You know, so, you know, once those things are, are not as easily found out and you now have, um, you know, I think it's Article 70 of the insurance law, like how that actually gets involved with your current uh, organization, you know, always bring a lawyer involved. You know, we're, you know, we do technology here. We do security here. Um, you know, once we start getting into the regulations of how your business works from um, a legality standpoint, we recommend either working with us and our lawyers here or having a lawyer on the phone. And that's kind of what we did because every use case was just a little bit different when the exemptions came. Um, and they were also just kind of interesting too. We would have people who said, well, I don't have full-time employees or all contractors. Does that even count? Um, and they would kind of fluctuate here or there, or they only had an, an email address that allowed them to get email. Does that still count? And under the regulations and talking to to a lot of lawyers on this, that still still counted, and they would still have to go out there and do um, you know the majority of, of the exemption of the exempt um, sections, um, even though they had just you know eleven contractors at that point that just had email, but essentially they still had email that involved some of this data. So they had to go out there and do you know instant response. It's not as in depth as all the other ones because of just the way they they're dealing and their architectures in place. Um, but they still had to show how they would handle it um, if something was to go wrong or malware was to be installed, and now you know people's data is still at risk. And I think that's the biggest problem here is people think they have to go out and do this massive implementation of security when it's really if you don't have that many people and you're exempt, you're you're doing it to the size and the scale that that your organization is, not to the to the you know the top five financial you know companies in downtown Manhattan. So you know these you, you're going to scale towards the way that you are, not towards you know something that we might see a, a massive financial in, uh, district uh, do. So um, that's what we were dealing with, kind of tailoring the needs of the exemptions towards the size and the requirements of of these exempt companies. Yeah. Yeah. So, with the remaining time we have left, Matt, just if you were to um, you put your fortune teller hat on for a sec, right, and take a look out, right, because we just came, I think March of uh, this year, 2019, was the last part of the, uh, the the transitional phase in, if you if you will, right. So, looking forward, what would be some predictions uh, that you feel you confident enough to, to potentially throw out there? Where are we going from here? What do we, what do we think there uh, with your uh, fortune teller cape on for a sec? I think that we're still going to have people confused about exemptions <laughs> when it comes February. Yeah. Um, that's what we've seen the past couple of years. I think that um, companies who are starting off just now are going to be starting off with a, a, a load to carry because it took everyone else two years to go and do this and now they're going to be starting off and how are you exempt? I'm not sure how that actually comes into play because this has all been, you know, you have a you have a uh, pretty much a runway to get all ready to go. But now, if you start a company next year or now, this is all done. You have to be doing these going forward. So um, there's a lot more security-minded, um, you know, technology and process procedure now that if you want to start dealing with this data right off the bat. Um, another thing is. You know, I have a feeling that a lot of people are taking this for granted, especially the small, medium-sized ones. And it's going to be just a, a matter of time before someone gets audited and, and gets fined, that people wake up a little bit on that. Um, and lastly, I think that we're going to see, because this, this essentially was a privacy-esque type of law, where it was the protection and privacy of, of consumers' data. Um, and, you know, New York State, you know, over the past, I would say, well, I think it was maybe four or five weeks now, They've 
released um, a proposal for their New York Privacy Act, which is really about controlling the, the, the privacy and giving back privacy towards the consumer on how their data is used and making businesses um, a lot more accountable for how it's done. So we're, you know, they're now taking this uh, another step forward where uh, the NYDFS one here was more on the security side that was touching privacy. We're going to start having a new privacy um, act that's coming out that's similar to California's and, you know, not as overbearing as GDPR, but still something that we're, we're going to start seeing come forward uh, and maybe eventually even merge into doing two at the same way. Yep. Get ready. We're going for a ride, huh? Yeah, so for the listener who's looking for more information, um, anything you can recommend, any, uh, any good reading information, any, anything aside from this podcast that they'll listen to that uh, they can get more good information on? You could go to our blog where we have lots of this on there. Or um, if you want to get the authoritative um, view of it, the New York State website has an entire section on it. Um, if you're looking for a particular area you know, or a transitional phase, you know, feel free to reach out to us, but a lot of vendors kind of have fallen in there. So at that point, Google is your friend, um, but feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're, we've, we've um, advised quite a few companies, especially in the financial um, sector on where to go from this, but also, you know, um, the New York State website is the authoritative version of what's going on with the dates and the updates and everything there. So we probably just guide everyone back there if they had a, a question but we can help you kind of decipher them afterwards. Sounds good, Matt. So um, it's been a pleasure, Matt. Appreciate you taking the time and sitting in for this podcast. And uh, get back to work, please. <laughs> uh, so uh, for the listener, thank you for your time. And uh, based on feedback, we'll probably look to build out on, on today's uh, premise. And also with the, uh, the newest regulation from New York State, uh, we'll probably have some follow-up on that as well. So... Thank you again. This is Larry Biancoli. Until next time. Mm-hmm.